Thank you all for being here today. God bless you. Good morning, LifeSpring Church. I am so glad you're here. Okay, just a second. I need to move this around. Because knowing me, I will trip over one of them, and that would not be a pretty thing. Anyways, I'm glad you're here. You know what? We belong here, and we belong here together. I just was so moved this morning. And you know what? There's a, there's a huge lack of belonging in this world around us. There's a lack of um, connectivity in the lives of young and old. doesn't matter the age. And the last two years of separation, fear, and isolation has not actually made that happen. It has merely exasperated an existing problem that came about way, way, way back in the garden when that first bite took place of that fruit. That bite in disobedience caused mankind to be separated from their creator, from their father who made them. And the enemy has since attempted to do that very same thing and keep us all separated from our father permanently and from each other. This week I spent time worshiping and crying alongside with young men and women from the Asbury University in Kentucky as uh, they live streamed their revival services. It was a blessing and it was a challenge for me because revival costs something, right? It, I had things to do, I had places to go, people to talk to, but I really, really wanted to sit there in the presence of the Lord and, and just let the Lord minister to me. And it was wonderful as I watched it as well as uh, par participated. I saw young and old people, men and women, worshiping together. And they came from different religious backgrounds. And they came from different countries. And they came from different situations in their lives as well. And here they stood together and worshiped. And then it touched me when the the speakers or the they had different student speakers and faculty speakers come up and say things and they said okay well let's now join together with two or three people around you and i saw them huddle in little groups um to pray together they acted like little family groups praying together like they belong together and they do at the same time that that was going on i heard from somebody who was grieving a loss in their family, a 27-year-old son, brother, nephew, friend. They laid him to rest after they found that he had taken his own life. It, he believed the lie of the enemy, that he was alone and there was no hope for him. So he took his life. I grieved with that family and I grieved with those around us who silently struggle with some of those same feelings of abandonment, of isolation, of rejection, shame, hopelessness, and on and on. Those people are right where the enemy wants us all to be, alone, separated from the Father and from each other. But God... Ephesians 1 verse 5 tells us that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Oh, that, that, that just grabs my heart. God adopted us so that we could belong to him and we would belong to each other. 
And you know what, normal adoptions, you don't know what exactly you are getting when you adopt a baby. But he knew exactly what he was getting when he adopted us. Wow. Last weekend, I started a message I just called Adopted. I wanted to point out that we are all born into sin, and thus we carry the debt that all sinful people carry. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's what I shared with you last week. But that verse doesn't stop there, friends. The good news comes next. Let's look at Romans 6.23 where it says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The debt owed in our old family was sin and death. After the revival, that's what I called adoption last week, the revival into the family of God, the free gift we inherit is eternal life through Jesus. So out with the debt of the old and sinful past life and family, and in with the new life in Christ and the inheritance that family life brings us. This is really exciting to me. I hope you guys are getting it. Just remember what John 1 verse 12 says. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Believing in Jesus and accepting him is how we become children of God. We all need to do that because we were born into sin. We were born of the flesh. And all who are born that way, which by the way is all of us, we are separated from the father at birth. Now, a couple weeks ago, I showed the movie uh, Life, Life Mark here. And it showed the main character was separated from both his mom and his dad at his birth. Mom gave the, the baby for adoption while she was just in the hospital right after she had delivered him. And dad, at that point, had actually wanted to abort the baby, right? Jessica shared with us last week about the father's struggle in her life and before she was adopted and even after a little bit. And today we're going to hear a little bit more about that later. But the devil wants to destroy the father-child relationship here on earth, but specifically the father and child relationship between God the Father and us. And back in the garden, he thought he had success, didn't he? And he still thinks, because of the way the world is, that he is successful. But God tells us in Romans 5 verse 23, Okay, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Here's another, but God. But then God, who wanted a relationship with us, made a way for us to be reunited with our Father and with our family around us. He made a way for us to truly belong to Him and to each other. The one and only way to be United with God and his family is through Jesus. There is no other way. He is the only begotten son of God. He's the firstborn. And we are also sons and daughters of God. Because John 3.16 tells us, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that eternal life means we are part of his family. He wants that for us all. 
He's like a dad waiting for his kids to come home from school or waiting for them to come back from a trip or waiting for them to come home from their job or maybe, sadly, he's waiting for them to return after a long separation like the prodigal son. Whatever. But even though God created people and he knows our faults, he loves people. He loves us all. And it's his desire that not one of us would stay out of the home. It's, not, it's his desire that not one of us would perish, be lost for eternity. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But here's a, a catch. He hates sin. God even looked away from Jesus, his own son, while he carried our sin to the cross. But because of the cross, because of the blood of the perfect Lamb of God, our sins were removed from us so that we could become adopted sons and daughters of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Romans 8 verse 17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. You know, it's easy to say Jesus had God's glory on him. But we are heirs of God's glory. And then Galatians 3 verse 29 says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. By the way, you know, you may say, you know, we so often still sin in our lives. And, and you just said that God hates sin. So how can he look at us and love us? I'm glad you asked that question because I have an answer for that. When God looks at us, he sees us as his very own children He's, because he sees us through the blood of Jesus. Let me explain that a little bit. I read an, I read an article this last week or a couple weeks ago about lambs as I was studying adoption. And when a mama sheep, a ewe, loses a baby, she still has the ability to produce milk. It's a natural thing. And then an orphaned lamb, let's say, is put near her, because sometimes the mommy lamb dies, and the, the baby lamb still needs milk. And yeah, the, the, the farmer can feed the uh, milk to it, artificial or whatever, but that's not necessarily the best way. The baby doesn't always flourish like that. But if an orphan lamb is put near the mom lamb, the ewe who has lost her baby, that mom lamb rejects the baby because it doesn't recognize it as, as a baby in need. And it doesn't matter how much this baby lamb cries, this mama lamb still will reject it. And a farmer can use a variety of different techniques to try and cause the ewe to accept the lamb. And one of the most successful ways of lamb adoption to the ewe is when the farmer right away takes the, the deceased baby lamb and skins it and takes the skin of that lamb and puts it over the orphaned lamb and then introduces the orphaned lamb to the mother lamb. The mother lamb will accept the baby lamb because it looks like my lamb, it smells like my lamb, I will nurse this lamb because it's crying for milk. 
And you know, I was telling Dan, I, I read that story and I thought, I wonder if that's just somebody's made up analogy, because it looks good. So I did a little bit more research to make sure that actually happens. And it does actually happen, even today. And when that orphaned lamb, with, this, with the covering of the deceased lamb, comes to this and it starts to nurse, that lamb has hope for a future. It has life where it otherwise wouldn't. It is revived by adoption, friends. Do you see that? What a beautiful picture. And friends, we are all orphaned lambs. And it's only through the blood of the lamb, Jesus, that covers us, that our heavenly father can see us and smell Jesus in us and on us. And he will never reject us. Never. Wow. I want my heavenly father to see me and recognize me as his own. I want him to see you and I want him to recognize you as his own child. So we all can begin to smell like him and act like him and speak like him. And we become a family together because he doesn't just do that for me. He does it for you and you and you and you. He does it for each one of us. I want us to know that we're also heirs with Christ. We are to share in everything he has prepared for us and for all of his children. We are to receive the same promises and the same blessings God spoke to Abraham and to all his descendants. We may not be Jewish. Okay, that's okay. And the Jewish people, they are special chosen people of God. But the Bible tells us that we have been grafted into the family. We've been adopted not only to God's family, but he sees us, whether we're Jewish or Gentile, whatever. We're all gentle, by the way. He sees us as one family. And 1 Peter 1, 3 to 4 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have all been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Do you see anything there in that sentence? That's my word for this year. Expectation. And here it's great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Wow. What a great word. Because we are adopted, we will inherit all the blessings and provisions God promised in eternity, but also here on earth while we await for his return. Last weekend, I started this series with part one. Today, part two of Adopted. Last weekend, I had a beautiful guest, Jessica, with me as we talked about her adoption. And this morning, I won't call him a beautiful guest, but, you know, he's okay. I've got Bruce Wilson, one of our elders of the church, and we've, I can tease him like that because he teases me relentlessly too, yes. But we've been friends for 25, 30 years, something like that, and uh, he's married to my friend Denise. They have four kids and 10, ten. grandchildren, wow. Well, I'm going to ask him a few of the similar questions that I asked Jessica last week. Come sit down with me. Okay, Bruce. Can you tell us how you came to be in your family? I was uh, adopted at birth. There you go. 
And were you their first child? Were no, I've got a sister two years older. She also was adopted at birth. Our, my mother could not have any kids of her own. Okay. Do you feel that your adoption bettered your situation? Last week I kind of compared it to revival. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's hard to tell in some ways, but um, down the road I had the opportunity to meet my birth mother and some half-siblings that I have, and um, I know that at, at, at that stage I wouldn't have been a Christian. And uh, my mother led me to the Lord when I was four years of age. Your so adopted my mother. My adopted mo my mother. Yes. Very I know you don't. <laughs> but just for our yes. understanding, right. your adoptive mother, who was your mother, yep. okay? And um, your adoption was a little bit unique, just like every adoption. We watched that movie, Life Mark, and that was unique to Jessica's adoption. And it's a unique, your adoption is a unique one as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I was, <clears throat> I was 12 years of age when I found out I was adopted. I wasn't supposed to know that. Uh, but uh, my sister, I don't know how she knew, but uh, she told me. <laughs> and, uh, you, but my, um, my mom was very fearful that uh, if, if I knew that, I would seek out my birth mother and I would, I guess, potentially reject her, which would never have happened. Um, so I, um, you know... I respected my mom and um, didn't uh, pursue anything. Over time, I think that uh, in my mind, I, I figured that my <clears throat> birth mother probably was a, a teenager, got pregnant out of wedlock, and uh, back in that day, that was a while ago. Uh, a long while ago. <laughs> you, didn't, uh, you didn't raise a child out of wedlock. And, um, and so that was the story, or that was the, that was the image I had in my mind. Um, my mom passed away way too young. Um, I was only 28 when she died. And uh, so the next few years, I didn't do anything about it. But then, you know, the curiosity just kept nudging at me. And um, it was like I had, uh, I had read a book, but I didn't get a chance to read the last chapter. And I needed to read that last chapter. So probably, uh, I don't know, five or six years after she had passed away, I started doing some looking. Um, initially just kind of more in the on the newspaper around my birthday to see if there had been any notice or whatever and that never happened so finally <clears throat> I reached out to one of the uh, agencies that you can discover things through and stuff and uh, and um, I was actually pastoring in Surrey at the time and came home I'd come home for lunch and uh, I came home this one day and there had been this uh, registered letter uh, in the mail and I knew before, didn't even need to open, I knew exactly what it was. Uh, so I phoned the number and um, it was about noon and the message was that they were closed between 12 and 1.30 for lunch. So it was the longest hour and a half <clears throat> I think that I'd had forever. Um, but uh, got hold of them and over time um, discovered that um, I wasn't the only one that uh, my birth mother had. She had had uh, a son earlier and he was adopted by family. She lived up in the Okanagan, and he was adopted by family right there in, in town. And um, some time later, I don't know the time frame, but she got pregnant again, and uh, that was with me. And this time, she was sent by her family down to the lower mainland, down to Langley. <clears throat> there was some family that she stayed with, and, uh, and then my mom and dad were seeking uh, to be able to adopt somebody, and so the doctor put it all together, and wow. um, 
so my understanding is that uh, she gave birth to me and within five minutes I was taken away from her and, and it was 40 years later before I met her. Uh, but it didn't stop there. She, I got pregnant again and this time um, family sent her down to some people they knew in Vancouver and um, that was a half-sister that I have that lived on the Sunshine Coast. And then there was one more. And uh, this time she was sent out here to Alberta to uh, Red Deer area and uh, there was a half-brother that uh, lived there. So it was actually on my 40th birthday that I met um, my birth mother, uh, the, the oldest uh, half-brother and the half-sister. And then that summer, uh, we all met up in the Okanagan and uh, with family. And, and so for me then, the chapter was closed. And um, Yvonne, my birth mother, passed away a couple, three years later. I went to her funeral, but that was kind of the last of that side of the family. Wow. So even though you have no ill feeling towards her, because she actually gave you life, not just physically, but she gave you life by giving you to it, your Absolutely. adopted parents. Yep. No, it was powerful. And um, my mother led me to the Lord when I was four years of age, and uh, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, my mom was very, uh, had a lot of health issues. Uh, when she was nine, she was uh, discovered that she was diabetic. Uh, when I was four years of age, she went blind. Uh, I remember uh, my dad worked two weeks of days and two weeks of afternoons. We lived in Surrey, and uh, CNIB, the Institute for the Blind, was in New Westminster. And so on those um, two weeks when uh, he was on day shift, I would walk my mom up to the bus station, and we would take the bus into New Westminster. She learned Braille. Then I'd come back, and, and we'd walk back home and probably take about four hours round trip. Um, in my teen years, um, my mom ended up over a two-year period, lost both of her legs. And uh, so, tremendous prayer warrior, but through it all, uh, my dad never came to the Lord. He was very angry at God that um, my mom was not healed. And um, he was very faithful. I mean, he took us to church, dropped us off every Sunday, and provided for us and all those things. But um, And for years afterwards, I would visit with him and try to share Christ, and he would just shut me down. Um, we, we af After pastoring in Surrey, we were here in Edmonton for a couple years pastoring, and that didn't work out. But we had to back home, and I was actually looking at a church in the States to go to. And uh, my dad's health was declining quite significantly. He was still living in the house I grew up with in. Uh, the main floor was upstairs, so he had stairs all the time. And he was forgetting, you know, I'd come over at 7 in the evening, and the burner was still on in the, on the oven or the stove, rather. And, oh, I just finished dinner. And, yeah, no, you eat dinner at 5. So um, I'd come over another time at 8 o'clock purposely, and it was still on. And anyway, so we, we said to him, you know, why don't we buy a house together and you, we get a suite and you live with us. And so for the last five years of his life, we did that. We were in Surrey. I stayed there and we didn't head down the States. And uh, quite often would, you know, go downstairs and try to share Christ with him. He would have nothing to do. Um, as his health declined, um, he wanted to be able to die at home. And uh, amazing doctor. He worked with me and just kind of said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but this is what's going to happen. And for about a six or eight month period of time, he just kind of walked me through everything. And uh, we, were, we were one week away. And uh, I went downstairs. It was a Monday night. 
And uh, I said to my dad, I said, you know you're dying, right? He goes, yeah. I said, it's not months and it's not weeks, right? He goes, I know. I said, it's days or maybe even hours. He goes, I know. I said, so if you died right now, you know that you're going to be spending the rest of your life in, in, uh, in hell, right? He goes, yeah, I do. I said, you're okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. And then he tried to make some joke of it. He said, I hear that it's quite warm down there and I, I don't mind the heat. I said, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then, as he always would, I mean, he said more then than he ever did, but he shut down and, and wouldn't think, say anything. His, um, his health had declined. We were actually having some respite and some help, uh, and so we had somebody come in overnight. Uh, we, he was in the basement, and there was a main floor, and then our bedrooms kind of up there, and it was June, and it was hot, and uh, middle of the night. So we had our window open, and it was 3 in the morning, and I heard this absolutely gut-wrenching scream. And I woke up and, what is that girl doing to him? You know, so I got dressed and went downstairs. And the poor lady is frantically trying to get some medication into him. And initially I thought, yeah, we need to do that. And then the Holy Spirit just revealed to me that this was a spiritual battle that my father was having. Hmm. And I said to her, I said, you probably don't understand this. And that's okay, I said, but we're not going to give him medication. He is in a spiritual fight of his life right now, and we need to let that happen. Wow. And she was supposed to be there till 8 o'clock, and uh, I said, I'm going to send you home. I'll sign off that you stayed. You work till 8 o'clock. I said, you go home, and I'm going to be with him as he is uh, having this spiritual battle. So for the next four hours, he cried out to God in a mighty and a powerful way. Yeah. We never sat there and prayed the sinner's prayer, but he came to the Lord, and I know wow. right now that he is in heaven. As you were sharing this, it's so interesting that the adoptive son was instrumental in the adoption of his father to his father. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was powerful. You loved your parents, and they loved you. I asked him at home, so did you ever feel like a slave? <laughs> well, only in January when you had to go out and mow the lawn in Surrey. That was the only time. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't like cutting the lawn then. But now he loves tormenting me in January when he puts on shorts and poses. His wife told me that it was a posed picture, and it was way too cold, and it wasn't necessary for him to cut the lawn. But he still posed at a lawnmower. She has dementia pretend. from time to time, and that was no, one of those times. So. She does. So I think his he's got issues because his father made him cut the lawn too. So I have a question for you. Now both of your parents died. Do you feel like you're a legitimate heir? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. His comment to me at home was, well, I was their son. I, we were family. That's what we had. We were family. I, I, I never viewed Yvonne as, as my mother. Um, and, and she made it very clear to me. I never said this earlier, but she made it very clear to me, don't ask about uh, the father because I won't tell you anything. And so I have no idea um, who the birth father was. But I never, I never saw her as, as my mother. My mom and dad were, were and always have been my parents. You know, looking back at the story, looking at it from Yvonne's situation, that was maybe 
what the enemy would consider a victory because he separated Bruce from his biological father. He separated the family that was biologically there. But God does things to redeem what the enemy chooses to destroy. And so the redemption came in the adoption of Bruce into this family because after all the years, Bruce's mom got saved. Then Bruce got saved. Then Bruce was instrumental in his father getting saved. And all glory to God. All glory to God. And this is the beauty of adoption because God takes us from what was and what could have been a bad and detrimental situation and brought us into a through a revival of sorts into what he wants for us. And I know not every adoption situation is perfect. Bruce also has a family counseling um, degree. And uh, so he's heard lots of stories, probably from other people who have been adopted and have not has had such a success as yours. Yeah, absolutely. There's many situations that um, just are not good at all. And um, they blame it on the adoption, but yeah. Um, but I'm grateful that uh, mine turned out as it did. Yeah. We're grateful that it ended up like it was because then we met you and we're adopted into the same family. Friends, we are adopted into the family. If you are here today, you are a part of God's family and we are brothers and sisters. We are sons and daughters of God, just as Jesus was. Jesus was the only, let's say, biological son of God. He was God. But we are like him. And we, you know, one of his disciples said, show me the father. And Jesus said, well, you've seen me. You see the father. May the world around us see our father, our adopted father in heaven through us when they look at us. May we choose to come closer to him and, and closer to each other so that we can together reflect his likeness more and more. And thank you, Jesus. We are heirs of the father. We will receive. It's sad that your dad is gone, but you received from your father everything he, le he had left on this earth. You received it. And now you, as the father of your children, will leave everything in inheritance to them. That's the way it goes, friend. You can't take anything with you. I, I realized I didn't finish the rest of the story with my dad. Uh, so that was a Thursday morning, uh, four hours, absolutely crying out to God for the next 72 hours. He was in peace. Mm. Uh, it was a Sunday morning at about 11 a.m. that he passed away and uh, is in heaven now. It's a wonderful story. While we're on earth, friends, Psalm 2710 says, Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. So Bruce's biological mother gave him away but the Lord held him close. And we are all adopted by the Father. He holds us close, friends. He holds us close. He keeps us together in the family because we belong to him and we belong to each other. Thanks, Bruce, for sharing your story. I'm glad you're a part of LifeSpring family too. Let's just close in prayer, okay? 
Father, I thank you so much for Bruce's testimony and for his sharing with us today. What a real wonderful example it is for Jessica's testimony last week as they are adopted into a family here on earth. But what a likeness it is for us to be adopted into your family. We don't owe the debt of sin anymore because of what Jesus did. And because of Jesus covering us, you see us as legitimate heirs to your kingdom, as legitimate heirs to your promise. And God, I know that every single one of us here on earth has needs here on earth. But we can look to you and cry, Abba, Father, here's my need, here's my desire. And we can wait expectantly from you because we are your children. We have an inheritance. Because we are your children, we can abide here on earth with the promises that you have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for caring for Bruce in his life. Thank you for caring for Jessica in her life. Lord, thank you for bringing them into your family and to let other people know about that and know about you through them. May we all reflect our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, bless these people today. We love you, Lord. We love you, Daddy. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You know, take a couple minutes if you need to run to the restroom or say hello, but we're just going to have the meeting right away before we start tearing down. The meeting won't be long, and then come over to our place, and let's have some time fellowshipping together around the table like a family does. God bless you. Everything happens for a reason, but you don't know what you don't know. And you'll never have peace if you don't let go of tomorrow. Cause it ain't even fate till your plan falls apart, but you still choose to follow. If it doesn't make sense right now, and well, when it's over. Feelings is like drowning in the shallows. Oh, you gotta keep believing, even in the middle of the unknown. Cause grace will be there when you come to the end of your rope and you let go. It may feel like you're going down now, but the story isn't over. There will be
That's cool. Okay, we're going to go into the meeting here right away. I've got all three of my wonderful elders here. And it's not going to be a long meeting. It's going to be short and sweet. And uh, that song, Joy in the Morning.